This episode of Sleeping with the Elephant is brought to you by Governor LePage, the governor of Maine, another old white man that has come into play to allow us to not talk about another old crazy white man uh, that we've been talking a lot about lately. So without further ado, thank you, Governor of Maine. Let's kick off this episode of Sleeping with the Elephant. If these policies, in many instances, either reflect or take into account the proximity of the United States, living next to you is in some ways like keeping with an elephant. No matter how friendly or even tempered is the beast, I can call it that, one is affected by every twitch and grunt. It's May 16th, 2016, and welcome to episode 101. No Dalmatians in sight, but this is Sleeping with the Elephant, the podcast where we put the U in color commentary. This is the show where Americans and Canadians come together to try and understand just what the hell is happening across each other's borders. And this time, I'm joined by the lovely Lou. So that's howdy, what we call you. Lovely Lou. How you doing, man? Not too bad, not too bad. Glad to talk politics. It's the one thing I don't get to do on podcasts. <laughs> yep. Politics, religions, and zombies. Oh, wait. Speaking of zombies, you are a fellow co-host on Zombies Ate My Podcast and a co-host on the Citadel Cafe, a, a sort of a monthly gig for you. Yes, I guess I guessed on that once a month, usually. Sometimes twice a month. I'm behind on my Game of Thrones and my The Civil War, so I have not been able to catch the latest, uh, latest two, I think. Yeah, I, I, and I am not on either the, the either of the latest two. Um, Brian Ibbitt is on the last episode. Uh, uh, Joel graciously asked, "Would you mind stepping aside? I got uh, I got uh, Brian Ibbitt can guest." And I said, "Go for it. I'll fill in later on in the month." Nice. Yeah, I so, hear that was a good episode, and I'm. It's a very good episode. I'm making plans to see the Civil War, is what the kids call it, the Civil War, and catch up on Game of Thrones. But uh, enough of that type of politics, because both those things ripe for the picking when it comes to people yelling at each other. Uh, let's get into the news, because we got a, a full plate here, and we are going to devour these scrumptious morsels. Lou, what do you got for us? What did you bring to the Sleeping ah, with the Elephant? All right. So, you know who Trayvon Martin is, right? I they, do. That's, that, that's traveled to Canada, right? Yeah, that George Zimmerman shot him in supposed self-defense in Florida with a stand at st- uh, stand your ground laws, mm-hmm. but it was never proved that Trayvon Martin attacked him or had a weapon. Yeah, that that it, did make a, it up here. Th- there's a lot of controversy about that, and since then, um, George Zimmerman has been in the news two or three times. I think you may have even covered it before. There was another gun incident involving him, and there was a domestic violence dispute involving him now he's made headlines again the gun he used to kill trayvon martin he's auctioning it off for charity oh dear oh yep my. he he's auctioning it off to donate the money to basically gun lobbyists that are trying to protect basically sort of like the nra that's not the nra oh that's super gross that is super is that gross now i come from a state where there is lots of we have open carry now i think here in the state of maine Mm. or we have some kind of new gun law thing i'm not a gun owner so i don't know but i am in support of of gun regular not gun regulation but people have the right to have guns i think i i I, i'm not even anti-nra i think nra makes a good point sometimes i think they overstep their bounds too often more than not Mm -hmm. but even this i read this headline and i was like why this is what's the this is you're making a headline and you're making a mockery of what should be a a, a real discussion. Well, the the thing is like when <laughs> here's the thing. When you have a gun, whatever, uh you open carry, I think that's a um that's a stupid law. I don't think people should be carrying guns around and this is my Canadian opinion in which we don't have open carry here the only people who are allowed to open carry are police officers uh and um yeah that's about it which you know to me i'm sure a lot of americans would say that and say oh my god what happens if the police turn like zombies and come after you and well you're screwed right because they have all the guns and you don't i mean that is probably a logical thing that passes through people's heads 
in my mind. Now, I don't know what kind of part of town you're going through that you need an open carry to make yourself feel safe, but maybe don't cut through that alley. Just kind of well, stick on Main Street. Well, I, the, when when the when the laws were being passed here, uh, I think it was a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. There was an instant an instance where a guy was walking around downtown Portland with a rifle on his shoulder, and people called the cops, and the cops came. They talked to the gentleman. And he was a younger guy in his mid-twenties. Right. And he said, I have the right to carry a firearm. The gun is not loaded. He showed the officer that it wasn't loaded and (sighs) said, I have the right to carry the gun. I am making my public opinion and stating my public opinion. So I am walking around with the gun on my shoulder because I have the right to. Mm -hmm. And the cop said, that's fine. Uh, you know, we'll be keeping an eye on you. And he said, I expected nothing less and continued to walk around downtown for a couple hours. Freaked a bunch of people out. Yeah. Well, but, but yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's and, just dumb behavior. Like just yeah. because you have a law to do something doesn't mean you should go out and be like, this law is great. And this land's awesome. And I'm going to carry my gun around. It's like, it's not the 1900s where, you know, you were worried that Nazi Germany were or whatever that's a stupid example. I, 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 I so I live in Maine. I've mm-hmm. been in Maine for the last twenty years. Sure. And I have to say, the longer I'm here, the longer I, more I want to leave. Well, th- and that that's the thing is like if if you're not comfortable where you live, and you're not comfortable with and whatever, fine. Like obviously there is a deeper issue in the united states of america when it comes to guns and there's this attachment to it and that's fine whatever you guys do you and i will stay in canada uh or in the more progressive states that uh, you know err on the caution of of maybe not well, giving everybody a license and, to carry. And, and my issue with it it doesn't get it doesn't get talked about enough but mm-hmm. if you look at the state of maine uh, i don't have the statistic in front of me so i'm going to probably mention it's going to be off but Maine is in like the top ten bit handouts from the federal government. Hmm. We can't afford to do the things that we do. And there's a lot of people on welfare in this state. There's a lot of people that don't have jobs. I think the I think our unemployment is now like twenty percent or something like that. It's between ten fifteen and twenty, I think, or something like that. And so there is a there is a problem going on in the state and nobody's solving the problem mm-hmm. they're all just kind of band-aiding it and that's both democrats and republicans i saw an art i saw a news article the other day while waiting in a doctor's office where instead of trying to find people in our state jobs they're now advertising that hey you've come to maine it's a tourist state why don't you move here in fact all the tourist booths here in Maine now have a computer program set up so that you pick the hobby you like. Do you like to shoot guns? Do you like to go swimming? Do you like to go fishing? Do you like to go hiking? Here's a job near where you like to do. Why don't you transfer here and move here? And I'm like, that's not helping Maine people. That's helping move more people into the state that we already can't afford. Yeah, there's. A, I mean, it's really weird. And there's... Obviously, we could talk about gun control until the cows come home, and and every right. state is different. That's another thing that is kind of crazy to me. Uh, you know, obviously in Canada, every province has differing rules when it comes to different things like speed limits and uh, common things that would differ province by province depending on who is an elected official. But when it comes to these like big these big items it's kind of like you know when it comes to gun control it's a countrywide decision of of how for the most part i mean again i'm probably i'm not gonna admit i'm talking out of my ass here but from my experience the sort of bigger issues like say gay, gay marriage or uh you know bigger issues that the usa is dealing with you know like gay marriage um lgbt rights uh, gun control like that stuff sort of in my mind and what I've seen from the news is sort of decided upon high and then trickles out. And obviously there are differing issues like say the drinking age in Ontario is 19 in Quebec. It's 18. It differs all over, but I don't know. I just, 
it seems to me it's really weird. Like, I don't know, as a gun owner, do you have, like, a little booklet in the back pocket? Like, okay, I'm, I'm in Maine today. What's the laws for my gun? It, it, it kind of is like that. Um, every uh, If you have a conceal and carry permit, that depending on what state you were issued that conceal and carry permit, it only works in certain other states. You literally have to look it up on a map and find out if you can conceal and carry in that state if your permit works. Hmm. Yeah, rightfully uh, so, right? Like if you right. if you can do it in one state doesn't mean you can go around in another state. And I, I mean, I've I've known I know gun owners here in Canada and I know some gun owners in the states and for the most part they're all, they're all very knowledgeable when it comes to their rights in different yep. places and you yep. know they're not stupid. Some of them they don't take it for granted cuz they know that it's a responsibility. But when you get this guy like uh, George Zimmerman, he's not treating it as a responsibility. He's treating it as a, for some reason, a, a God-given right, which, you know, isn't true because guns are man-made. <laughs> like, come on. And he's flying around like, I'm going to sell it for charity because I was a terrible person two years ago. Why, do we, why don't I be a terrible person now? You know? no, one of my closest friends uh, and was former roommate, he was a gun owner. And uh-huh. when we moved into the apartment we moved, he brought a gun safe with him. And one of the first things he did when we moved into the apartment was he gave me a key to the gun safe. And he goes, I've already discussed it with the insurance company for our renter's insurance. Uh, 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 renter's insurance. You're covered to handle any of the firearms in the house legally under our insurance. And I said, okay, that's nice. I don't think I'm ever going to go in there. And he said, I know. You probably won't. Your bedroom is next to mine. If someone breaks into the house uh, and I am out of town, because he had a job where he had to travel sometimes and go away on business trips and stuff. And he said, if I go away and somebody breaks into the house, you take the key I'm about to give you. You go into the safe. There is a loaded gun in the top shelf of the thing. Everything else is unloaded. It's It's a revolver. It's loaded. You sit in my room and if someone knocks at the door or you hear someone outside the hall you holler their name if they they don't respond you state that you have a gun and they you ask them to leave and if they open the door he said you pull the trigger till it goes click oh gosh see that to me is frightening that's you're scaring me just like saying that story and he said legally you have the right to shoot anybody in the house and i said i don't think it's going to come to that he said you never know he goes but and the apartment we lived in, we had our cars robbed three times while we lived there. Wait, sorry, they, repeat that. You got broken into three times, is that what you said? Uh, our cars were broken into three times while we lived in this apartment. Oh, my God. That's freaking and we're, scary. And we're right on Main Street in in the town we lived in. Like we And we were literally, no joke, two minutes down the street from a police station. Oh, my God. You could see the police station from our window when someone broke into our cars. Yeah. That's that's for you. So when he said he's the guy, I said that's fine. I put this key in a safe place, and when we moved out of the apartment, I gave him back the key, and he said, they never had to use the guns." I said, "Nope, never had to use the guns." Well, and this is the other thing too. Like you, the person who was a gun owner was describing the proper way to defend yourself with a gun. Yep. And and I'm there. Are, this was uh, George Zimmerman was Florida, right? Yes. Okay, so the the states of Florida and Maine the, the, differ. The issues, the issues too, with mm-hmm. him and in what happened with him is he was part of a patrol that was looking for crime, and he claimed that Trayvon Martin attacked him. Mm-hmm. But my thought was, even if you were out as like a a public patrol, why were you carrying a gun with you? I would understand a stun gun or a taser or something non lethal. Yeah. Or even a, even a collapsible baton, you know. Yeah, and this is the thing. Obviously, something that happened three years ago, we we can get back into it. But what's interesting here is this, is a, a clear continuation of behavior where the person that you were talking to, uh, we were talking about um, your friend who was a responsible gun owner and whatnot, and it seems to me like he would have the 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 thought process that if he were to shoot someone and therefore kill them you would feel bad about that. Yes, like, exactly. What's happening here is, is uh, George very Zimmerman, disgraceful. He, he, he not once showed remorse for what he did before. Nope. And now this clearly he's, proves that he still shows no remorse. And, and the, the key thing here too, mm-hmm. is he's claiming that the Smithsonian has wanted to buy the gun from him. And a Smithsonian spokesperson issued, we have neither, 
expressed interest, nor do we want his gun. <laughs> and, and and the other thing, too, is that the uh, the, the auction ended minutes later when GunBroker.com said, we want no part of this listing. So at least he's the only crazy one in this story. Yeah. And hopefully we can he, we can put him behind us and just focus on the fact that uh, a young boy uh, died and we can just kind of like try and fix the problems um, around that situation because there's a, it was a big issue right and uh, yeah. I agree with you like we have neighborhood watch here it's a thing uh, it usually doesn't involve armed people that's what the police are for but yeah. I understand that we differ and that's the point of the show is to kind of look at those differences but uh, George Zimmerman just go away don't don't, don't yeah do I'm pretty sure he's I'm pretty sure we have not heard the last of him. Well, perfect. You know who else we haven't heard the last of? Governor LePage. Another story you brought us. Uh, yes. This is very interesting. You've been um, telling me about him for quite a while. Ever since I think I started the show, you were like, man, you think Wiener or Rob Ford is crazy? Just look yeah. at this guy. <laughs> you yeah. were right. Uh, so if you are a fan of John Oliver and Last Week Tonight, uh, they recently just did a sketch on uh, people who somehow got elected, and it was my governor, Paul LePage. Um, I will be the first to say I don't like Paul LePage. I am not a Paul LePage fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a few times I've heard him mention some ideas, and I go, oh, that's a neat idea. And then he does everything to make me decide I don't like the idea. Yeah, um, I've been following him for a while. Like, you throw me a story like, man, you should add this to the lineup. And it's like, yeah, man, this is a Sleeping with the Elephant story to, to a T. And um, it's almost like I'm I'm glad we never did the people who somehow got elected bit because last week tonight and John Oliver just nail it. Because, I, yeah. I mean, that show always is nailing it. And, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I've um, Scott Johnson's mentioned this on the morning stream and just like, he gets emails about sort of being a uh, you know, a lefty or a righty or whatever, the opposite of um, whatever he's talking or whatever he's criticizing. And on this show, we tend to look at the crazy as well. And the crazy does seem to lie in the far right for some reason, both in Canada and here or in the States. And um, this, it's just weird. Like as soon as somebody this crazy on the left comes up and – I often don't even know where these people align themselves. I just see them in the, in the crazy aisle, right? Like, I don't even know yeah. whether they're le- – this guy's a conservative though, right? Like, he's, he's a Republican. He is, he is a Republican. He recently stated he is waiting to find out if he can be part of Trump's cabinet. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Um, he stated that uh, – because he's all in for Trump. Um, he stated that uh, we Maine is a strange state. We are one of the few states that have independent representation. One of our senators and former governors, Angus King, is an independent. So that means he's neither Democrat nor Republican, though he tends to sit and caucus with the Democrats, I believe. But he can change that from year to year or from election cycle to election cycle, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, – Paula Page has recently stated that his governorship will be over in three years, and in three years he is either going to go for Angus King's position in the Senate and try to go after Angus King, who is kind of beloved here in the state. He kind of won his election almost hands down. Um, So Paula Page has said he will go after Angus King's position if he does not get a spot in the Trump cabinet when Trump gets elected. I mean... Uh, okay, so it's weird. Like crazy breeds crazy, right? And Donald Trump is a very uh, specific breed of crazy. And um, obviously, uh, do you like? I haven't got the so, sense that we've gotten like an official word from Trump. I haven't been paying a lot of attention. I've kind of tried to put him out of my mind now that he's sort of won everything. And um, I look now and see that not him not mentioning bringing these crazies in, but the crazy saying trying to attach themselves to that winning train. And I wonder. If, uh, what am I trying to say here? I just, I wonder if Trump is going to accept the crazy or, you know, go the middle ground. I I really don't know yet. In all honesty, I think Trump is going to go the middle ground. I think it would be very, very bad on Trump's part to bring in somebody like LePage. LePage brings really bad headlines. He does not know how to speak to the press. Uh, if you watch this video, oh, yeah. everything everything he does wrong, he does when it comes to speaking with the press. And 
he does not negotiate with the Democrats. Um, my state has a lot of 50-50. I'd say half the, the, the southern half of the state is Democrat. The northern half of the state is Republican. It's kind of just the way it works. Mm-hmm. And LePage doesn't negotiate with the Democrats at all. Um, he has vetoed 400 uh, bills that have come across his desk. It is a record in the state of Maine. I think before him, the record was like 150 that were vetoed by a governor. And to top it all off, he recently adopted a dog from a shelter and named it Vito. Oh my. He's, he's pretty hardcore. He loves to veto. And, and I think that's part of being a politician. And, and you know, like, no, no, sorry. I think what makes a good politician is someone who who understand who who sticks to their values but knows to get things done you need to negotiate with people of of differing opinions and i think that's what makes a great country is when people of opposing sides are able to come together and and make a decision that that betters the right. country they love and i don't get the sense that americans like to do that because you kind of look at what happened with obama in the senate or congress rather and how everything he tried to do congress would just slap down for some reason because they're petty or something. I, I, that's just my sort of bird's eye skewed. And sometimes that's view. The, sometimes that's the case, and sometimes the news likes to I, uh, sensationalize it. Oh yeah, for sure. But with LePage, there is no sens- uh, sensationalizing needed. He is his own worst enemy in most cases. Um, he even wins his election by such a narrow margin that. He literally, if it wasn't for the fact that there were three candidates running for governor at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, he probably would not have won. Um, it was there was him, an independent, and a Democrat running, and the Democrat had like thirty nine percent of the vote. LePage had forty one percent, and the other twenty percent was the independent. And the independent guy knew he didn't stand a chance, and. LePage gave him some kind of position here in the state afterwards. So, or it it made some speeches about the independent guy was going to get a job with the state or something after his election. And it was like, really? (laughs) It's kind of, he helped you win because he divided the vote so much. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned, so that's something that he's doing to to actually win. Now you mentioned that he's also uh, he 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 speaks very openly and something that the I, I highly recommend people check out the last week tonight segment that uh, we'll have linked in the show notes because it kind of illustrates exactly you know what the hell uh, and and there is some language in there but he they highlight so well the things he said and here's here's a quick quote uh, these are guys with the name and this is about uh, drug dealers coming from out of state into Maine. Maine has a huge drug problem. mm -hmm, Yeah, and yeah, that sucks. Um, Drugs are bad, kids. And so are drug dealers. So he says, these are guys with the name D-Money, Smoothie, Shifty, these types of guys. They come from Connecticut and New York. They come up here to sell their heroin. They go back home. Incidentally, half the time they impregnate a young white girl before they leave, which is a real sad thing because then we have another issue we have to deal with down the road. Like that? It was an actual (laughs) quote. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. No. No. And he actually is stated that one of the uh, one of the senate uh, one of the state senators because we do have a state senate here mm-hmm. that helps pass bills. He stated that one of the members, Senator Jackson, uh, needed to make sure he brought the Vaseline next time he wanted to screw the main people. Yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, yeah, and, and and on top of that, there is a there is another headline about him that they didn't cover in this, um, but they probably wouldn't know because they're not here. They covered the stuff from the last couple of months, but recently he was just it just went to court. Um, we tried to have him impeached, mm-hmm. and the Senate would not impeach him. That was a couple of months ago. Um, this month, he went to court. Um, there is a senator here in the state of Maine. Or representative, I think he's a representative. It can never keep them straight, and he's not from my county, so I, I, it's hard for me to remember. But anyway, uh, Representative Eves is his name, and Eves is a Democrat, and Eves has been against what they're calling um, it's a type of school. I can't remember what it is. Hmm. Um, 
not public school, but not private school, like, like Catholic school, not something like that. Mm. Um, and LePage has been all for them, and the Democrats here in the state have been fighting the concept. Mm-hmm. And LePage won. And one of these representatives, because being a representative isn't a big enough full-time job, was offered a position with one of these schools as a speaker for the school and a public relations kind of thing for the school. Right. And LePage told the school that if they gave him the job, he was going to withdraw all state funding from their school if they gave him the job. Oh, my gosh. And it's a violation of his... And many people think it's a violation of his duty as governor and that he broke the law doing it. And it recently came to court here in the state of Maine, and the judge basically threw it out and said, hey, listen, like bigger courts than me need to decide this. I'm not going to make a decision on this mm-hmm. and threw it out. So and, are, they, are they making a decision like a bigger court? Uh, it, it has been appealed. His decision has been appealed. And it is going to a court in Boston to make a decision at a federal level. Ah, good. Have have the Boston people take care of it. Uh, and, I don't know and, what that was. And it, while it's just every time this guy gets mentioned, it, if I feel like I have to be like, yeah, I'm from Maine. I'm sorry about my governor. I'm from Maine. I'm sorry about my governor. Oh. And it's like, and and I will I will say he gave a. He gave a speech when he got reelected recently, like sure. a year or so ago, where he said, I want to do away with income tax in the state of Maine. And da, da, da. And I thought, oh, hey, look, he, he sound, I, I like a couple of his ideas. This sounds. And then you looked at his ideas and he's got nothing to back them up with. He just looks like your uncle that you try to stay away from. Yeah. And, and I just at every turn, I just go. Can we please get somebody else? Uh, but we're stuck with him for another three more years. So. How long are governors sort of elected for if he's four been ma- in there? Four years. Oh, so he, he got reelected then. He got reelected. So my gosh, um, in the first four years, did he say stuff as stupid as the whole like uh, Smoothie McGee that, comment? That was that was since he's been reelected. So he's been reelected. Okay. But, 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 the, but the Vaseline comment was during his first term. Oh, dear. Um. Now he the, did like run back on camera and apologize. Like we got to give him at least credit. And he made it, he makes weeks. it worse. If you really listen to what he says, he makes it worse. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, he although, states that the he states that the senator is a bad man. Yeah, but that he sounds like a three year old. I mean, I think it's worse it, to imply the, that he's. And 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 unfortunately, in my state, we do have issues in our state that do not get addressed. Um, I am all for people coming to our country and legal ways and several maine has a problem with um or at least the portland area has a problem with um somalians Mm -hmm. Uh, we brought in a bunch of somalians over the last 15 or so years um in lewiston auburn where lepage is from uh they brought in somalians and did not teach them how to live in america and they were there were issues where they were literally planting gardens in their apartments, like filling the floor with dirt and uh-huh. growing plants out of the floor. And the state told the re- the landlords, "Too bad, you'll have to deal with it when they move out." So hmm. there's a reason why people like him have been elected, because the state has made decisions like that in the past and not helped the people, the the, the landlords and stuff evict tenants that were improperly acting and in fact i've been on jury duty once and my wife has been on jury duty once and almost all of the cases mentioned while we were on jury duty that we were going to be elected for all involved somalians and some kind of violent act whether it was armed robbery assault and battery um the case my wife was a juror on a woman was cut with a knife um and it will all involve Somalians, and in the cases we don't send them back to their country, they go into our jail system. Mm-hmm. And so there is issues, and I don't want to sound like I'm being racist. Right. I've worked with plenty of Somalian people that are happy and nice and not had an issue, but there is a fear here in Maine with foreigners coming into the country, and there isn't enough jobs to go around as it is. 
Well, and and see, the thing is, and the proper solution is not uh, like what Governor LePage is saying. You know, oh, we'll just yeah. we need to stop accepting refugees because that is that is what's ruining this country. And when you look at what happened recently with the Syrian refugees coming into uh, Canada in the last six months, uh, and that was a big push. And you know, there was some similar pushback from people I knew and and people uh, around the country who were saying, "Whoa, wait, now why are we doing this?" and I think it's important to allow refugees in and and it helps the country that's been proven. There are articles out there that I don't need to guess at because you can happily go find them. And there's there's great evidence to support uh, welcoming refugees in the country. And I highly agree. And the biggest thing to combat what you're describing is just education. And um, I know locally here in Peterborough, there's a there's a uh, for um, non not for profit organization. I think it's not for profit. It's called the New Canadian Center. And what it does is it's a it's a program that uh, is kind of like I don't know like kind of like a meeting spot where you can join the new Canadians uh, new, new Canadian um, uh, shit new did I say new Canadian committee what was it <laughs> new Canadian commission I think Com- you said it's the NCC and it's here local I see it all the time but I see it as a uh, as an acronym and basically what they do is they just sort of educate uh, new Canadians as to what they can do to expect oh the new canadian center and it's what they can expect here locally uh in peterborough uh and and around and just you know keeping your culture but also enjoying what canada has to offer including its lovely winters and cool sports that involve skates and and all kinds of different things like just living as a canadian and understanding what it means to be in canada uh as as you know, a new permanent resident. And I think that's great. And those programs are what people should be saying. I was like, okay, if we're going to accept refugees in, then we need to build up these social programs that sort of educate them on how to, um, like not assimilate, but just kind of like belong. Um, no, that's the wrong word. I, well. I think assimilate is more the proper term. Yeah. I'm trying you don't to think. move, you don't move into a foreign country and all of a sudden expect everybody to bend to your will. You're right. in a different country. And that's what most people are worried about, right? They're worried that yeah. we accept uh, a lot of refugees that they'll want special treatment and you know, they should be given some support, but in the end, they, uh, people need to come together and sort of not be Canadians and Syrians. They need to just be people and exist and, and, and eventually, you know, have some part of both cultures. And I think that it can work. Like we accepted yep. refugees here into, into town and it's been nothing but greatness. I have not read one negative article. It's been mostly positive. And there's been some positive news out there in relation to uh, the Fort McMurray fire that, that had happened here in the last couple of weeks or not here, but in Alberta and one of those was that uh, Syrian refugees, uh, there's there's a good story I read where he had been helping, you know, with the fire and with the aid to kind of sort out some, some way to support the uh, displaced citizens of Fort McMurray. And those stories always pop up. And that's awesome. And that's just proof right. in the pudding that, like, accepting uh, these people in need into your country with open arms is a great way to build better relationships with your citizens as opposed to continuing to foster hatred like governor lepage who i don't know he seems again like i stand by my notice that he is the weird uncle that you don't like to socialize with uh yep yeah it, it, it literally the, there is a there is a our local paper is the portland press herald mm-hmm. and there is a guy named bill net nezip he has mm-hmm. a weird sounding name but he has written a column for the paper for like the last 20 years. And whether you agree with him or not, he usually makes a good point. Sometimes you go, oh, yeah, it's him being a leftist. Or sometimes it's, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And he has outright, him and the governor have literally gotten to the arguments to the point where next time the, pre- the governor speaks, he makes comments about how someone ought to shoot him. Mm. And it's like, and it's like, just... I know you talk from the hip. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Ugh, yeah, that's gross. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on some from the crazies and, and hop into um, a sad story, and then we're going to talk about something more related to sleeping with the elephant in relation to that topic, and then we'll jump back to uh, supporting. And that's the fire in Fort McMurray that happened uh, has been uh, going on for the last couple weeks. I think it started uh, May first ish. And uh, there's a couple of stories to talk about. This has been the first episode since that 
that incident occurred and, and continues to occur. And I'm, I'm trying, the reason I'm batting around it is I'm trying not to be, I'm trying not to be foot and mouth, Ryan, and just try to be as supportive well, and, you know, as good as well, possible. Let me ask you some questions. Sure, then. ask me some questions. When Fort McMurray happened, it was all over the news here. Yeah. You couldn't turn on CNN without footage of the fires. Mm-hmm. And so, like a good American, I went, okay, where's Alberta in reference to my friend Ryan? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's far away. Ryan's safe. It is far I away. Welcome. And um, it's funny, or it's not funny, in that there was a there's a there was a fire. When this started sparking, there was a fire just north of us. Uh, far far enough north that it would it would take a great deal of unfortunateness to to reach us. But um, these types of fires are not unheard of, especially in the drier parts of the country. Yep. Uh, and 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 also in the states, like it's a real concern. Yeah, we we've had a forest fire recently here in my state, but it is so far north it didn't affect anybody yet. And that's the thing is if you look at the photos that uh, have been released uh, from Fort McMurray after the devastating fire, I think for the most part, um, some parts of the actual town, like they, they are not, uh, the fire had gone through and caused damage, but they have been able to battle it and uh, save a lot of homes. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of photos of like completely destroyed suburbs, but then like houses on the outskirts that are still intact and and not damaged but uh yeah it's crazy and there's a lot of the devastation's crazy there's there's a great article that i linked here that has like an animated gif showing sort of the outline of fort mcmurray and then the spread of the fire and how that sort of has devastated parts of that town pretty badly but anyways you mentioned you had questions so what's your second question so is it over and that's the thing, is it's hard to determine whether it's over. And that's, again, why I have this great Global Mail article that sort of says, Fort McMurray fire, what's happening now, and what you've missed. And they say that the air quality right now in Fort McMurray is very extremely poor. So even bringing people back into um, sort of secure areas can be tough because the air quality is so bad. And that's what happens when you have a giant fire and the clouds form and, you know, it's just bad. It's bad mojo. But a new wildfire has emerged about 260 kilometers northwest of Edmonton, which could cause another issue. Uh, but right now, I, I mean, I'm not exactly sure, but I believe that the fire has, if not been put out, but contained. Uh, there was talk of Canadians going back to their homes. But as of right now, I think it looks like uh, the air quality being very poor is keeping people out of those homes. So they're di- still displaced. Uh, the best information, the best thing you can do to get information is, is probably go out to the Red Cross and see what they've got. Uh, it's funny, like that would have been the one thing it's actually really hard to find out if the fire's out because it's such a big fire and such a, such a big, it's a wildfire. It's really hard to predict. Right. So some places are saying that it's, that it's fine and other places aren't, but, um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. And the news sort of has been focusing more on the, um, support side of uh the fort mcmurray fire as opposed to the actual fire i think that the story of the actual fire has 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 kind of sort of gone to the side with now a focus on helping the people who have lost their homes uh and stuff and so what's your next question how many people have been killed um that's a good question i'm not actually sure i believe a few people have been killed. I read a story, again, we were talking about this earlier. I read a story that two people had passed away in a car accident. Um, but again, I'm not actually sure if that's been confirmed or not. So any other questions related to the Fort McMurray fire? No, I think that, that those were my big questions. Was Is it still going and how many people have died? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's kind of a awesome thing to look at in that the, the support that that has been shown towards the people of uh, Fort McMurray and surrounding areas, but also the fact that the firefighters and the people who volunteered and just all the support that came in battling the fire really did a number to sort of save not only people's lives, but save valuable infrastructure and homes. You know, I, I, the first thing I thought about when I started reading about these fires is just like, man, what if my, I lost my home? Like that would be crazy. Just the amount of things, personal items, like keepsakes, mementos that are now gone. And no, we, um, 
we have a plan in my apartment, and mm. we joke on this one, Zamp, that I I live with a with an escape plan in mind for when the zombie apocalypse happens. But I live right next to a river. I am mm. one street away from a river, and when we've had hurricanes come through here before, the river has come all the way up to the bridge, and they've had to shut down the bridge. And put National Guardsmen on the bridge to make sure people don't go across it. Because uh, the town I live in also has a, na- a National Guard station. Um, so, like, it is a real threat that when bad weather comes our way, mm-hmm. that I may have to leave my apartment. And we have a priority list. We grab the cats. We put the cats. They're priority number one. Two, we have a fire safe in the bedroom with paper papers and documents. You grab that. Then you grab whatever isn't nailed down that we will need to survive for the next few days. Close whatever, and we run out the door. Like, we could be ready to leave in probably 10 to 15 minutes if we need be. Mm. Yeah, and that's – I think it's important to have an escape. Like, that was one thing when we were kids. um, They taught you in school to always have an escape route. And a, and a plan and something that made sense like don't grab your your game boy but you know grab the family pet make sure your brothers are with you and find a suitable escape that that keeps you safe and i think that's important and um we're gonna get we're gonna come back to that side of the fort memory story before we wrap up so don't worry folks but i did want to touch on something more related to sleeping with the elephant and that's uh and it's something that i'm sure lou can can help me out with but that's armchair prime ministering or uh in your case armchair president presidenting <laughs> yeah probably a better way to put it but there's a reason i don't go on facebook anymore uh and it's because people feel the need to sort of share their thoughts if they as if they were in power um or knew how on, to be better at uh, running a country and um, it is and it is not partisan either it is on both sides which infuriates me yeah exactly and i am i'm not like this but i see these posts on facebook and it's it's like well where are all the other countries why aren't they helping canada we're always ones throwing money around to help people no one's no one's coming to help us and then the news uh, gets released that no um you know russia the united states uh a lot of countries offered their support and 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 that comes out and that suddenly squashes those but then they suddenly lead to well why isn't trudeau doing more why isn't trudeau accepting help blah 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 and the fact is it's true trudeau kind of said no we got this we're fine and the reasoning was that involving other countries in a local matter like this that we can handle with our current uh staff and responders uh would just cause more mayhem more confusion having other countries come in i think russia had offered a couple water bombers to come across and and drop some water um but we have those and there's there's some great stuff out there like a quote when he trudeau finally not finally but trudeau did go out to see the devastation uh on friday and one of his quotes was i don't think canadians yet understand what happened they know there was a fire they're beginning to hear the wonderful news that so much of the town was saved Uh, he told 150 firefighters and first responders and that's super true because even on the show as you were asking me these questions i knew there was a fire uh and i know that uh, i and i wasn't sure like if it had had been ended i know there's been some great work to kind of like stop it it. and curb it thank you and and save people's homes and i think this is the right way to handle this sort of problem but you get a lot of sort of opposite parties that are like oh well if my man was or if my person was in power this would be a lot better and man it's just super annoying to see that and it's kind of why i don't go on facebook anymore uh like you must see this all the time with what happens sort of like the when the election's coming up well with the election there's all kinds of stuff and like i said at the beginning of the show i'm an independent i'm not a not a democrat and i'm not a republican i my political views kind of lie somewhere in the middle i think the biggest issue in my country is that the two parties won't cooperate Mm -hmm. um the republicans are stuck with all the religious aspects the problems that they have and the democrats are not willing to negotiate on their their own portions of the thing so if i go on facebook right now i know that i have an uh, i have a relative that is posting that obama should be impeached and obama is the worst thing ever and i have another one that is per- posting that hillary is the, the the greatest thing since sliced bread another one that's posting that 
Bernie is the savior of mankind. And then another one that's posting that Trump will save us all. So it, it, it comes from all walks of life. My issue is is that it's great that you're for a guy. It's great that you want to say a guy. I will admit right now, I voted for Obama twice. Both times I was let down. Uh, I think that the Affordable Care Act is the dumbest thing ever. It is not helping people. It is causing more problems. Um, when I have to file my taxes at the end of the year and I have to prove that I have insurance or I get fined, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not making me want to get – and the fine is cheaper than if you paid for insurance all year. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem there. You shouldn't be fining me. But th- that's neither need nor here. The problem is is that I don't think that Obama is, the, and is evil. I think he made compromises where he had to make – I don't think the compromises were enough, but yeah. I don't think he's – he seems like a great guy I'd like to go get a beer with. Yeah. But – and I and, and if I had to vote for him again, I probably would because of our options. But I think that neither Trump, Hillary, Obama, or Bernie, I don't think any of them is the next Hitler. Well – yeah, and but the, and the other thing is like it's really hard to run a country with millions of people that live there. It's uh, right. you can't make everybody happy, and it's just unfortunate when you have incidents like this devastating fire causing people to think that their Facebook post is going to make somebody feel better that just lost their home. Like I think it, someone who not. loses their home, it's they're not. not they're not the first thing they're thinking is like, man, if the conservatives were in, you know, they would have like flown over and and put up the fire faster it's like no like no no chances are all the stuff that happened was automated they had firefighters they have unless somebody in the fire brigade makes a big mistake like doesn't fly a plane that should be going over to drop water Mm -hmm. then everything is pretty much going to happen the same way it is no matter who's in charge yeah the only thing the prime minister can do in my opinion, is help make sure that what they need, they get. Exactly. And as long as they're getting what they need, he's done his job. And Same with the president. Yeah, and Trudeau, uh, along with the, the prime minister, had uh, said that he would, uh, that the federal government promised to match donations made by individuals to the Canadian Red Cross, and so far, the charity has raised $86 million. So the federal government is matching that to pr- provide aid. And I think that's great. That's really like, you, as the government, it's funny. People always complain like, oh, you know, the government's spending taxpayers' dollars on this or that. And um, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's something good or bad. They oh, Someone's always squawking about it. And I am of, of the opinion that like, yeah, this is fine. I, I think this is great. Match the donations. And it encourages Canadians to donate more Uh to see the the Canadian government actually match those. And uh, you can do that no matter where you are, I believe, by texting Red Cross to 30333 to make a $5 donation or text FIRES to 45678 to make a $10 donation to the Red Cross. And that goes towards helping those that have been displaced by the fire in Fort McMurray. And again, the Canadian government will match your donation. So that's awesome. So I just wanted to sort of start with the fire in the middle there, get into the arm chairing, and then close that out with uh, your ability to support those in need. And also locally, there's been a lot of great, like, you know, local charities like clothing drives. I read one where um, people have been who have been displaced don't get to go to their prom or their dresses have been burned so people can donate dresses for these people to go to prom, which I think is awesome, uh, you know, suits as well. So I think that's just it's great to see let's see that creativity as opposed to just the vomit that people spew out of their keyboards on facebook thinking that um they can do better and i i do know people who started off spewing that vomit but then have sort of latched on to try and create an an event that uh will help so i'm i'm glad that i'm starting to see that people are coming around you know they once they understand the wrong they kind of course correct which is always good so lou it's been a fantastic episode. Uh, thank you for joining me on episode 101. Do you want to let the fine listeners know where they can uh, find more of your stuff? Sure. The easiest place to find me is uh, at BusyZombieLord on Twitter. Uh, you can also hear me with Ryan here at Zombies Ate My Podcast 
mm-hmm. where we talk about Walking Dead, zombies, uh, survival tips, uh, and the whatnot. And then about once a month, I am a guest on The Citadel Cafe with Joel Duggan, where we talk comic books, video games, TV, movies, you name it. Uh, we kind of cover it. So, Cool. Yeah. It's awesome, man. I uh, I love the the times you guest on Citadel Cafe, and it's always fun doing Zombies Ate My Podcast. Uh, so that's awesome. Check those projects out, and make sure to follow Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. This has been Sleeping with the Elephant. You can email the show info at sleepingwiththeelephant.com. Big thanks to Alpha Geek Radio for hosting our show. Send your feedback slash reviews. Write them on iTunes wherever you can find. It. I think we're on uh, Google Play as well. And uh, also visit our website for more episodes. Sleeping with the Elephant dot com you can find myself at r murphy on twitter and again lou is at busy zombie lord coming up next we'll have a uh, random canadian fact about fort mcmurray and that's awesome so learn more about the actual town and what's going on with that so not so random actually because he uh, korath actually picked that so uh tune in for that and thank you for listening this has been a beefy episode so uh enjoy or you already enjoyed because the end of the show <laughs> bye everybody On May 1st, 2016, a wildfire started outside of the city of Fort McMurray in northern Alberta. Fort McMurray is known as a very large producer of oil and contributes quite a bit to the Canadian economy. In the following days, over 88,000 people were successfully evacuated from the city and moved to safety. Even now, the fires are still raging and being fought. As of this recording, it is over 101,000 hectares in size, or over 1,010 square kilometers. While it is known for the oil production, the surrounding area of Fort McMurray is a beautiful boreal forest home to some amazing scenery and wildlife. We are all standing with you, Fort McMurray. We are Alberta Strong. Follow me at Korath on Twitter 